If you have a passion for improvement in and out of fighting games, then stay tuned because I have a special guest and a great conversation for you. Hey guys, I'm The Philosopher and this is another episode of FGC Philosophy. This is where I sit down with influencers of the fighting game community and we have a conversation about all things fighting games, personal development, and more. Today I have Joe Monday. He's an author, fighting game enthusiast, and a moderator over at the subreddit r Street Fighter 5. This person has dedicated himself to helping others improve at the game of Street Fighter 5. I sat down with him and we talked about an array of topics spanning from improving at fighting games, demystifying talent versus skill, and so much more. All that said, let's hop into the conversation and thank you guys for watching. I'm kind of curious to know how, how this kind of got started. So it was kind of by necessity in a way. I'd been a moderator for at our, our Street Fighter, RSF for short, for the last three-ish years. Uh, but even before that was helping out with um, writing guides for Street Fighter 4 characters. So this is really just a carryover from what I was doing in 4 and what we saw people's needs in 4. Of there would be tons of questions all the time of like, how does this character anti-air or what do, what do I do? And just we had the answers ready, but there was no one real solid place to point people to to say, this is where, like, this is where you start. This is what you can do. This is how you can learn. But Street Fighter V gets announced and we're so excited. We're like, man, even for like new players, we got excited because they were making the combos easier. And even in the beta phases, we were like, okay, it's got this two-frame buffer, which that, it, that might sound advanced, but what it really means for the layman is that it makes combos easier. For frame of reference, yeah, I've been playing for a while, but my execution is bad, and there's not really any one combo that I can't do in Street Fighter V. It's not that difficult if you, like, if you practice. So inputs are easier. In general, there's not as many combos as there was in four. So we're all thinking, man, it's going to get, it's going to be really easy to get into this game. Like they're going to focus on the neutral. They're really going to do all these things for new players to bring them in. They're positioning it in a way for new players. So the game comes out and it lacks, what's the good word for everything? It didn't really have anything in it that taught new players how to play. Uh, yes, it had tutorials for character specific things that are like, here's 10 or so combos. Uh, and then like weird video tutorials that I'm not sure anyone watched. Well, the one thing it did have, which I will give it credit for, uh, is a really fantastic training room, but no explanation as to why you would want to use a lot of the things in the training mode. So as soon as it came out and I saw that it was super lacking and like having the history of like Skullgirls has a fantastic tutorial. KI has a fantastic tutorial. Guilty Gear has a fantastic tutorial that really teaches new players like right off the bat, like high concepts of like option selects and things. And it teaches it in such a simple way that it's like, wow, you just practice the option select. And this is in a tutorial. Street Fighter V comes out and it has none of that. And I'm thinking, how could they position this game to teach new and bring new players in and just have nothing? They need something. So I think it was like right after the release of the game, uh, I introduced the first part of the series, which was just like learning normals. So I was like, okay, let's go through normals. Let's go through special moves. Let's do all the special moves, any special move that's in the game, because at some point, 
you learned how to play fighting games not knowing how to throw a fireball. We all know it now after having played years and years of fighting games, but like there was a time back when you were a little kid where you were like, I don't know, this, what's the Z move like? And then later on you find, oh, that's like the Shoryuken motion, it's the DP move. Like there are words for things, but when you see them listed out, you don't know what they mean. Like any charge move, all of Fong's charge moves, you look at it and you go, how do I, what is that? Like I've pressed back forward punch and the move isn't coming out. It just looks like my regular punch button. It didn't have anything to explain that to players in a way that it probably should have. So I kind of just took it step by step and wrote it out step by step and ended up with like 50 or so lessons of like starting from the very basic level to like high concept stuff of like how to read your opponent. And it kind of formed into something that I never really intended it to be. It's something that I'm really proud of now that it feels complete to me from like a very basic package of how to learn how to play fighting games. And I think a lot of the concepts can apply to other fighting games as well. Uh, There's a lot of chapters later on that get into the more conceptual stuff. I think that the best explanation of that is like, I equate fighting games to chess a lot. When you learn, when you first learn how to play chess, like someone teaches you how all the pieces move, right? Once you learn how all the pieces move, you don't actually know how to play chess. That's not actually chess, just knowing how things move. There's like a whole history of like, here's opening moves and here's like certain combinations of board spaces that like, that's actually how you play chess. And you have to learn that through like certain steps and like talk to other players who know how to play chess to understand that like, there's a whole history of chess that you don't even know about if you only just know how to do the moves. That's kind of what like, if you're just left with combos in a tutorial, then you just kind of know how the pieces move, but you don't actually know how to play Street Fighter. I do agree with the fact that Street Fighter V was very bare bones. I I had this conversation with a few people and I, I think that that game when it first came out was a testament of who really wanted this game starting off like who wanted to go pro because that game wasn't for anybody else but the hardcore street fighter players so the people who were going to figure out things whether they had a robust tutorial mode or not for as simple as a game is they still do lack a sense of, of really helping you learn the game as efficiently as Skullgirls did a person who essentially mike z built it you know i believe he had help but it was you know it was one guy heading the thing and i watched his talk on that highly recommend it for any game developers who are into fighting games um check out his talk on YouTube. Yeah, to, to go back to the chess analogy, I, I love that because I always say that the fighting games are a combination of chess and martial arts because, you know, you do have that strong mental aspect. It's somewhere in between. And if you haven't read this book, I highly recommend it. It's called Art of Learning by Josh Weiskin. He's uh, the person that this, the movie Searching for Robbie Fisher was based off of. So he was a, a grandmaster, grandmaster chess player at a very early age but he actually wound up retiring from chess and switching to Tai Chi Shuan push hands and became the world champion of that. So he took the principles from chess and applied them to his life as a martial artist and became a master of that as well. And it's a very great book. I listened to the audiobook, but it's 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 great and you know totally backs up what you're saying about chess. But in that book or in one other reference, they talk about chunking and a chess master, they don't look at chess the way a, a normal person does because they have 
all this information chunked into one category. For example, the exercises that you have people do when you're you're doing the simple, simple exercises, it builds that muscle memory. And I believe you even talk about it in your book, but that muscle memory frees up mental space for you to be able to think about more advanced things. The same thing in martial arts, you start with a white belt and you do punches, you kicks. And the most important thing is that your master will, or your sensei, your teacher will correct your form. He'll keep coming back over, correct your form. Once you're able to do that form on your own without being corrected, you know, a consecutive number of times, then you move on to something more advanced, which is combinations or something that uses the the foundation of what you learned to do something more complicated. But you already have that strong foundation. You don't have to think about the form. It's not just doing the punch. Anybody can throw a punch, but can you throw a perfect punch without being corrected? And that lays the foundation of, of having a stronger advanced techniques and being able to really think about what you're doing and you know with music or art when you when you have that muscle memory you can think about things not just do the muscle memory but allow yourself to think huh well you know i can do this without thinking about it maybe i can do this more advanced thing maybe i can explore and make new notes new music new art styles you know every sort of form of expression whether it be verbal or written it takes strong execution and i feel like your book really encapsulated that you know just starting off with the basics and slowly building on that strong foundation yeah, I I feel very strongly about you need to know the basics. And like once those basics are hammered in, yeah, I think you've even quoted the book directly of like freeing up mental space. There's a specific chapter on uh, mental strength training and one of and in that chapter it tells you to set up a situation where you're getting hit and put into a mix-up scenario. Now, you're gonna encounter mix-up scenarios. You're going to see things that put pressure on you, uh, but practicing those things and like flexing that mental muscle of like, oh, I've seen this. I'm not worried about this. I know how to respond to this. Or like with frame traps, where if you don't practice frame traps, if you aren't specifically looking for the counter hit that pops up in the corner, if you haven't practiced that, you're not going to hit someone with it. It's just not going to be there. You're going to be putting so much effort forth into thinking about it and being like, I'm going to do a frame trap right now instead of just, oh, I did the frame trap because that's, that's what I felt was the right thing to do based on my opponent. It's a whole other level of playing that you can't get to unless you take all those steps to get there. I'm going to use a cheesy reference, but a lot of people around our age have seen us, which is the Karate Kid. You look at the first movie and, you know, he's teaching, teaching, um, Sumiyagi's teaching the wax on, wax off. And he doesn't know why he's doing it. He's just doing it. He's frustrated. He's, he's, He's pissed off, but he gets into an altercation with somebody else and he just reacts without even thinking about it. He, he does this and afterwards you can see the reaction again, it's acting, but this this is something that I've experienced as well, where he, it just was muscle memory. He, he was in a certain scenario, his body reacted because it knows to react in a specific kind of way. And so he did like a def- defensive move, which was just like painting the brush and everything and punch, did a combination essentially. And and that's that's exactly what you're kind of teaching these people in, in the book. And it's, it's really cool. I just, I want to urge more people to really check that out because I think a lot of people don't really know how to learn. They know what they want to learn, but uh, knowing how to learn and knowing what to learn are two completely different things. I, oh, I completely agree with that. And I think that that's one of the main differences between the tutorials that are in the game as it was at launch versus the tutorials that the book presents because it's not just... Again, it's not learning that final combo. Like, uh, for example, a lot of the combos, like later on in the tutorials that are in the game, start with a jump in. And the whole time I'm thinking, 
it's not teaching you how to land the jump in. It seems like an easy concept of like, if you, if you give a jump in combo to someone who's never played the game before, and then they can execute that jump in combo, you haven't actually taught them anything because that's a jump in is such a high risk maneuver. And there's reasons why you would want to jump in. There are times when you have to jump in uh, to keep your opponent honest, but none of that is explained. It's just, here's something you can do without explaining why you would want to do it. And that's kind of how every lesson is set up is there's always a, not always, but there's most often a workout that you do followed by an explanation of why you would want to do that workout. So even like, I would say even for people who are familiar with like how to control fighting games, like if you've already picked up the game and know how to like do your combos and stuff, you're like, I know how to throw a fireball. Like maybe read the explanation as to why, because there's things that you might not be thinking about as to why you would input a fireball or a Shoryuken in a certain way that would benefit you. I, I'd love to read, so I'm probably going to reference some people to really back up what you're saying, but there's a guy called Simon Sinek. I've been talking about him a lot. He has a TED Talk um, I recommend, at least. I have two of his books, but uh, he has a TED Talk called Start With Why, and he talks about how a lot of the marketers, Apple, um, other other big corporations that started with why rather than what, and, and really helps you to connect with the purpose for doing this sort of thing. Not really a critique, but something I would say is that I think most of these people should read the purpose, you know, the why before they even read the exercise because I, I love that was my favorite part of the exercise of reading was reading the purpose and, and understanding the, the 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 foundation behind it like the what's the purpose of being able to do this because a lot of people want to improve but they don't know what they need to improve at or, or why they need to improve upon it and um, just really understanding the why behind it helps them to own that 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 exercise you know it's the exercise is important but understanding why you need to do it is in my opinion, more important. That's why like philosophy, you know, when you have a lot of older styles of martial arts or, you know, even traditional Asian uh, chess, I can't remember what it's called, but there's, there's philosophy and there's, yeah, there's principles behind it that are equally, if not more important, that really help you to understand when you're doing all these things, you know, like yoga or martial arts, understanding the principles behind them, not just going through the motions, is really important, not just for the sake of, you know, knowing why, but really helping you to be more conscious when you're doing it. For example, something as simple as doing it 10 times consecutively. Uh, it seems like a really small thing, but if you actually hold yourself accountable and 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 do it 10 times, like if you mess up, like, okay, well, you know, I, I messed up my input. I'm not going to count that one. I'm going to keep on going. Like you're only hurting yourself by doing that. But when you actually hold yourself and do that 10 times, like you're training your body, like, okay, you know, you have feedback. You have, okay, I can do it seven times on average without messing up. Okay, now I know like I can do it seven out of 10 times, give or take. I want to be able to do it 10 out of 10 times. Like, what's your expectation? And having that that purpose really burned into your brain makes us that those exercises are almost automatic. And without really knowing the why, you don't really have passion to create your own exercises, which I think is truly the power of this is like, yes, you have these exercises, but that's only a taste of what you can do. Obviously, it's, it's more so going and learning your character because I play Fong. Um, a lot, obviously, it's a lot of Ryu because he he is Street Fighter for the most part. I, I can go and do those exercises and, and I can go online, look at some combos and do those exercises and see how many times I can do it consecutively, write it down, uh, record this information. But that that purpose, that principle that really helps you to, to burn into your brain and really create uh, a lifestyle rather than just a habit, making it like a feel like a chore almost. Yeah. Because you play Fong, you bring up a good point. Yes, all of the combos are written as Ryu. I've 
lately been going back in and writing uh, different supplements for characters. This has actually taken a lot longer to do that end of it as well because I'm not just listing like one counter hit combo for the characters. I'm, I've kind of gotten a little overboard of just saying like, here's like all the counter hit combos you would like would want to learn how to do or like, and maybe input that certain combo into uh, this certain workout. Uh, I haven't gotten to Fong yet. Uh, hell of a frame chat character though. So there's, there's a lot to practice there, but uh, yeah, like you're saying, I'll, even though a lot of people have even asked, that's kind of why I started the supplements too, is because so many people asked, like, I don't want to play Ryu to which I have to answer. I'm like, well, there's maybe like 10 or so lessons that really only apply to Ryu specifically. So at least just to like read through it and like learn, learn it that way. Cause like Ryu has almost all of the inputs that you would really need to learn how to play. There's some like charge characters. He doesn't have charge moves or like certain critical arts are input differently. But for the most part, he has the tools that you would need to physically do with your hands to know what the lesson is trying to teach. And that, that brings up a question that I wanted to ask too, um, okay. specifically about like people who don't want to learn Ryu, uh, because I, I have gone through the, the trouble of actually like playing other characters. I tend to be one of those guys that plays one character and um, loses. Be in the past, I would lose because of lack of character knowledge because I didn't really have that that experience with that character. Like it's one thing to fight a character multiple times and get familiar with it. It's another thing to play that character and see how it plays. Do you know what a fixed mindset is? Growth mindset? Uh, I do not. Please. Go okay. Ahead. So uh, a, a growth mindset is is basically a mindset where you, you talk about this in your book, but you never call it that. It's someone who's always willing to learn. They, they believe that every experience is an opportunity for growth. Every match can be some sort of like learning opportunity. Like that's a growth mindset. Someone who's always, always looking for more information. They're actively like it's on their mind. Like I should be looking for information. I should be taking in, you know, what did I do wrong? What did they do wrong? Like how can I learn from this experience regardless of how it went? If I won, if I lost, like even if I won, there are still some mistakes I probably made if I go back and look at it. Like that's the example in in, in tree fighter terms, a growth mindset. Fixed mindset's the exact opposite. Um, and again, you, you do talk about this in your book and I'll get into another question in a second about, um, I can't remember what you called it in your book. Blaming, that's what it was, it was blaming. Oh, You're yeah, talking yeah. about blaming Blame other yourself. people. People who blame them, blaming um, external circumstances for their, for their losses. They blame lag, they blame character, matchup, they blame anything but their own ability to, to get better for their loss. Um, that would be the example of a fixed mindset. Someone who's in the mindset of, like they're good as they are, or they just don't believe that they can get any better. They essentially hit the wall. That's that's a growth mindset. Um, and, and you do kind of talk about that. So I'm, I'm kind of curious, you know, from your point of view, your experience with, with people who are like that and, and how that uh, impedes their ability to, to develop. Those types of people and players are extremely frustrating and they become more frustrating whenever they have more natural talent in the game. It's so frustrating, even when like teaching new players how to play, uh, when you get that one, one player is just like, man, like this, I can't deal with this lag or like I, he jumped, he, all he did was jump in on me. Are you familiar with um, the game that used to be Rising Thunder? Yes. It only existed for like a little bit. There's a really great video of a dude complaining about Shell, which is a character who throws a projectile and he can't deal with the projectile. And he's like, oh, you just call it zoning. And all you do is spam this all the fireball all day. That's all you do. And it's like, but you didn't stop to think about what am I doing wrong that I can't avoid the projectile. 
because it's in the game. It's not cheating. You're not like inputting a code that gives you the ability to completely outzone and outplay your opponent. Like they think so much that like, oh, I've put all this work. I know the I know all these combos. Like nobody has put more work into this game than me. Like, how can you just throw fireballs? That's dumb. Like I should have beaten you another way if if you would have let me do my setup, but I couldn't get in because you threw the fireballs. And it's like, dude, you're missing the point. That's not that's not what it is. It's not what fighting games are. Uh, at that point, it's just like if you can't beat your opponent, then that's on you. It's not anything your opponent did. Back to the original question, though, of uh, having that growth mindset. Uh, that is super important in fighting games because there's no way let's put it this way uh, there's no way to improve in fighting games unless someone beats you unless you are beaten if you don't lose you can't improve right and that's kind of true of, if, of most things i want to say but specifically in fighting games like you're going to run into something at some point i mean we all haven't played enough to have seen everything, right? Like there's certain scenarios that I haven't been put in. Uh, I know about cause I've watched the videos, but like there's certain things that I might not know or things that I haven't seen. And in that case, I'm like, wow, like that, that beat me. I should probably learn how to do that or at least learn how to block against that or, or like understand the mechanics of what happened instead of going like, like just cross up, I could have blocked that. I didn't though, but like I can see how easy it would be to just be dismissive of like, Oh, I just got me good. I hate it when people say, Oh, I got me good. It's like, nah, dude, like you didn't V reversal when she gave you the, the fist, like, or you didn't fuzzy jump OS to avoid being thrown or like you didn't backdash once, or also you didn't play the neutral and you let her jump at you. There's so many other steps before you landed at, Oh, I just got me good. That, you're not even thinking about to me. It's just frustrating when you run into people like that. And like, I get it. It's funny. It's funny to say you got me good, but like a joke can only go so far. Yeah. Yeah, it, it can. And I, I've dealt with that too, which is my other topic accountability, like actually holding yourself accountable for, for where you are, what you're doing or what you're not doing. And it really hinders your ability to learn. And it, it is very frustrating because you see this in these people and I think we all do it. Um, the ego really gets in the way when that happens. That's the big thing is that people have a hard time and not just in video games, like in every part, every walk of life, people have ego issues where they're afraid to admit their faults. It really isn't doing any good. It's it's hurting the person that's doing that. And it, it sucks because there are a lot of people who are skilled, but their own ego gets in the way. Their, their ability to hold themselves accountable gets in their way. I would say from your experience though, like what what would you say to someone who, you know, who's wanting to learn, but is, doesn't understand the concept of accountability? The line in the book that I think is most applicable to that question would be, uh, it's way later in the book. You can even like read the, the end of it. If go like straight, straight to the end, if you want to talk about accountability, it's my ego doesn't win me matches. I do me like flexing on people being like, no, I'm the best in this room. That doesn't win. It's, it's all the work that I put in before all the players who have beaten me who actually win that match. And I think that, um, that denial of wanting to learn will eventually it will, it will stop you. You can't be the best. You cannot be the best. If you, if you cannot see the fault in your actions to kind of add on to that, 
outside of the gaming world, you know, there's a, there's a great, a lot of people that I could think of. There's Michael Jordan, the Wright brothers. I love studying personal development. It's just what, one of my many obsessions. And um, for me, Edison's a really good example to make where he he invented the light bulb. We all know that. He also was a person who, who started GE, General Electric. But what people don't seem to understand is that he wasn't a genius just because he was a genius. He literally had thousands of failed inventions before he invented the light bulb. A lot of those other inventions went off to be a lot of other things, but he he didn't let failure um, hinder him. I believe he had like, you know, he got he dropped out of school in fourth grade. He could barely speak when he was a kid, but he just kept on working on it. He didn't care that he failed. You know, a lot of people when they lose or when they're not where they want to be, they let their ego get in the way and they make up excuses. Oh, I didn't put in much time as I wanted to put into it. Oh, you know, these guys are better than me. They have more time. They're younger. They have faster reflexes, you know, whatever the excuse could be. But when, when you don't hold your L's, so to speak, when you don't look at them and, and learn, yeah, really, you have to. Um, you don't really create that opportunity for learning because, I mean, yes, winning feels great. I mean, and, it, and there is like a chemical reaction that happens in your brain that releases and it, it does feel good. But growth is is from the new experiences. You know, if you play an RPG and, and you're grinding all day, if you're grinding level one monsters and you're level 10, you're never going to level up. You have to challenge yourself. You have to try new things. And and really exposing yourself to those those failures, asking yourself what went wrong, like what can I do? How many how many uh, tools are in my arsenal? You know, you know, do I understand what frame data is? Do I understand what frame traps are? Like what what look at where you are and and really try to to figure that out. I mean you made some like great examples like a lot of the the best or the most accomplished people have whole, like failed so many times before you see that actual victory. And that's like the one thing that people remember. Like people won't remember the hundred times you've lost. If you ever like meet anyone who's like, I want to be the best. It's just like, if you think about what that means, if you want to be the best at street fighter, like understand there's a dude out there at infiltration. He's done some like really cool interviews. Like have you ever seen the interview where they go inside of his home and it's basically just a room dedicated to him playing street fighter there's no there's nothing in that dude's fridge a dude has condiments in his fridge that's it think about the life dedication it takes to be like no this is my life he has removed everything in his life that would come into conflict with the goal of being the best like having that goal-oriented mindset of no nothing else really matters here like that dude's like sits in his bed before he goes to sleep and watches two hours of of matchup videos of players who he might play in the future so that he can watch and be familiar with how someone else plays. If you want to be the best, are you watching the videos for two hours at night to learn? Like, are you doing that? Because if not, then like that's, you're not taking the steps to beat someone who is doing that. That's what it would take to be the best. Uh, yeah, I mean, you make a great point. It's almost an insult to to these people who have put in all the time. It's like saying you want to beat an MMA fighter, but you just now are getting into MMA. It, it doesn't work that way. You're not born with that much talent that you can beat someone who's skilled. Talent can only take you so far, whereas skill, that's that has a stronger backbone. That's not going to break when things get really stressful or or something challenge you that you're not challenges you that you're not familiar with. A lot of people try to fall back on their talent, and that that really, um, one, it's it's going to hurt you more than help you. But two, it's also an insult to all the people that that really put in those hours. Um, 
it's not to say that there aren't more efficient ways to learn, which, you know, brings the book back around. But uh, I mean, these people have figured it out. I mean, some people are self-taught. Some people have learned from from the best. But, you know, it, it does take a lot of time. And that's that's anything. I mean, that's the, the 10,000 hour rule. If you've ever heard of that. I have not. There's there's a book. I can't think of what it's called right now. But essentially, there's a study where if you look at any master from from past times to now athletes, you know, artists, anybody, there's basically a certain number of hours that you put into a skill in order to be at an expert level. And that's about 10,000 hours, seven years worth of at least like four to eight hours, five days a week. And, and that's the amount of time. Like if you look at musicians like Beethoven, uh, Da Vinci, these people put in 10,000 hours of their life into a, a skill to be an expert. Gaming is something that's a little different because obviously it's newer, so you don't have as much time. But on average, like you, you do have to put in a certain amount of time. And if you look at a lot of these masters that have been playing fighting games of some sort for a long time, and a lot of those fundamentals transfer over to Street Fighter, which is a simpler game. But when you have people who are experts at it, that's what makes it more complicated. It's not the game itself. The game can be very simple, but when you're fighting complicated minds and you know, people who are very skilled, that's that's what really makes Street Fighter, Street Fighter, or any fighting game, that fighting game. This is kind of tangential, but something that I love uh, introducing the concept of fighting games, uh, and it's it's funny because it's like, it's kind of a joke, but like not really. I think Dive Kick is actually a really good game to introduce people into the concept of fighting games. For anyone who doesn't know what that is, uh, you should, it's fantastic. It's... <laughs> It looks like a flash game. It's real bad. <laughs> and like a lot of it is like inside FGC inside jokes, which will not make sense to anybody. But the core concept is all you have to do is land a dive kick on your opponent. And all you can do is jump and dive kick. Those are the two or well that, and you can also like backdash a little bit to control spacing, but like all it is, is a controlling of space and understanding the space in front of you and where you can be threatening instead of like learning combos and moving around with a joystick and introducing all these uh, different uh, systems and things you want to know. There's no critical arts. There's nothing like that. It's just jumping and dive kicking and that's it. It's just controlling space. And I think that that at a very core level, like I've explained like to my wife loves dive kick and she doesn't really play fighting games. She doesn't really she understands them because she has been around me enough and I've been like, no fighting games are cool. <laughs> uh, but like, she loves that game. Cause it's like, Oh, I understand it. It's simple. I don't have to think about higher level stuff right away because as high level as it's going to be is right here in terms of this is the space I can control. This is the space you can control. And that's it. I love its simplicity. Yeah, you're not the first person to mention that, actually. Uh, I've heard that a couple of times, and I, I haven't played it. I've seen it. I've seen it at different tournaments, too. Some of my <laughs> friends have it. I, I don't know. I want to play it, but I haven't. Um, it's fun. It's real, it's real dumb, but it's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some of, the, some of the most fun games, funnest games, are, are, are kind of stupid in some way. Gang Beast is another one that I'd, I'd love to play. Nidhogg is actually another good example of, like, you have a limited control set, but, like, you get to immediately start playing your opponent. But. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, James Chin actually did a really good talk about spacing specifically. He uses a, a link to the past to explain spacing. I don't know if you've seen that video, but uh, I highly recommend that. That's fascinating. 
Yeah, I'll have to I have to post a link down below because it was a really good talk. Me personally, I learned a lot of advanced techniques before I really got a strong foundation of the basics. And going back, I, I still go back and I actually I still do the exercise kind of as a warm up for for Fong. The the warm up where you do each normal ten times from max range, something like that, has really helped me to to visualize the spacing. And it's I, I can see myself slowly making it muscle memory. Like I had to use the lines to really figure out where to do it. But after um, what I would do and and this again goes kind of into accountability of how bad you want to learn. I would go try to judge the max distance, but I would memorize based off the lines, like where I was. So if I wasn't, if uh, his head or his hand or his feet wasn't in um, a line where I knew max range was, I would go back, do it again. And, and then I would like, okay, now I know my max range. Let me hit the punch button. Okay. Yes, I got it right. So I would, you know, I would use the guys to kind of figure it out. If I knew I wasn't even at max range, I wouldn't even press the, the attack button. James Chen definitely watched that. I think it's on a uh, super chain or ultra, ultra chain, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, really, really good series. Um, he, he goes into the basics of a lot of things. Him and ultra David, both like super good teachers, very intelligent people. I would yeah. highly recommend anyone watch those videos. I'll put a link to the playlist and I'll start with the, the, uh, the spacing one because it's, it's, it's really good and it, it helps to really make things simple. And that was the other point that you made with, with dive kick is that simplifying things makes it a lot easier. A lot of other games. And I think Mike Z actually talks about this in, in his talk, but simplifying the, the moves that you have to do, because you're basically given the full arsenal of, of moves. And I believe in his talk, he, he mentions like almost a story mode where you have a lot of the moves locked and you can only do so many. And as you progress to the storyline, you want lock more because given access to all these moves it's a bit overwhelming to really pick and choose what you should focus on first so taking away some of those abilities and focusing on the essential ones first really helps to to build that strong foundation while also making it fun and not overwhelming i thought that was really interesting i I believe it was mike z i fully agree with that and like putting i think that putting limitations on your own play to make yourself better at something like adding focus areas because like in training mode, you can learn your setups all the time, but like there's, there's something that you're bad at. It might be anti-airing, focus on anti-airing, make sure you anti-air, get it down. It's important. You should learn it. Like there's certain steps that you should take. You can't just start throwing fireballs and go, I know how to play street fighter. I'm good. Don't worry about it. I threw a fireball. We're good. There's so much more that you're missing. If that's it, you've missed so much. I absolutely agree. And it's fighting games are, are so much more. And that kind of gives me into, uh, I guess, more of, of you rather than Street Fighter. But how did you really get into fighting games? I've actually thought about this. And like the reason why I love fighting games and I love writing and all of those things. And I love like teaching, like those, all of those things are actually kind of tied together uh, in a way. Back in... Uh, the second grade. Okay. So for anyone who might not know and anyone who's younger, cause they, this probably, this probably isn't still a thing, but book, it was a thing where uh, you read a certain number of books on an approved list. And like, mind you, this is like second grade. So this is like eight year old me. You read a certain number of books and your teacher gives you a certain number of stars. You take your little bookmark card with all the stars on it. And then you get to go to pizza hut and you get a free personal pan pizza. But like in my mind, at my local pizza hut, there was a Samurai Showdown 2 cabinet. And there was something about that cabinet where I was like, I, a little eight-year-old, seven-year-old me was like, yo, I'm going to 
I'm going to save up my milk money and we're not going to get the chocolate milk <laughs> all week. We're not going to get any milk. We're just going to like, we're going to save those quarters and I'm going to read all these books. I'm a, I'm a sure literature is fine. It's whatever, because I'm going to get to that pizza hut, get my free pizza and play Samurai Showdown too. <laughs> like that was like young, young Joe Monday being like, yo, I, I got to get in on some of this. And like, of course, I didn't know like actually how to play that game or wasn't actually tall enough to see like over like where the like I'm playing like this. Right. Or at least I was. And they had a little like white stool, but it was like a pizza. hut, So it was like a yellow stool uh, for me to stand on and then like could finally actually see what was going on. So if you want to say that, like the reason why I like fighting games and writing is because of pizza, I'm okay with that. That's, that's really how I got into like the love of fighting games. Now I didn't like get into and like really commit myself to teaching and actually learning how to play until like, I'd say like the, it was basically like the release of street fighter four. That was the first time that I had actually like sat down and thought about, oh, okay, like here's, here's like the, how you actually learn. Like here's how I was playing fighting games and like, like playing like mortal Kombat through all those years and, and street fighter two, like, all great games, third strike, fantastic games, but like didn't actually learn how to play. I didn't have a community. There wasn't one that I was aware of in Pittsburgh at the time before that. But after Street Fighter 4 came out, I was like, oh, I can learn this game. It's online enough. The online's good enough to where the lag isn't affecting how I can learn how to play. And like there's, I can even watch like there's a history of like matches on like how to play. So like I can watch the best players in the world play now and watch how they play easily. Like it wasn't that way back in the day. Like I couldn't, eight year old me couldn't just hop online and say like Samurai Showdown 2 videos or even just like download Samurai Showdown 2. Like that's like you can do today. <laughs> like you can't, I couldn't do that back then, but now it's so much easier to, to get in even if you don't have a local community. So I saw that as an opportunity of like, okay, first, let's actually learn how to play. And then whatever I take from learning, let's try and teach as many players as possible because I didn't have this when I was growing up. And I can imagine as someone who's like seeing something like the, you and I, we, I, I love the art style of these games. Like I love, I love the troll face Ken. It's fantastic. It's dumb as hell but I love it like in a certain way where I'm like, <laughs> Capcom, you got me again. Or like, I love the art style of Guilty Gear. Like I will play Potemkin, even though he is the worst. He is the worst. He's bad. Don't play Potemkin, but I will play Potemkin because I think he's so much fun. He's got a helmet and exert. It's fantastic. But like, I, I have so much passion for these games, but like, now, now there's a, there's a way to get into them and a way to actually play at a higher level instead of I, I did a jump in and I beat my friend. That was cool. But like, now you can take that to another level and like actually play people for real. And I feel like that is enough to push players forward into like being more competitive and being more active in their own communities. Even there's even a thing that we do now over at our street fighter. who's like for our online tournaments that we have, we're trying to do an extra step of promoting local tournaments. So like people who enter or people who just are familiar with it, we say like, hey, give us your locals so we can promote you 
like on our stream. So like in case there's someone in like God knows where Colorado, where like the internet doesn't live, there's places in Colorado where that is a thing. Maybe you go find your local out there. Maybe there's a local, maybe you didn't know about it. It might exist. So like those like support your locals. And because that's the best way to learn. If someone is right next to you, bodying you, and then you just go, Hey, um, why, why did, why that happen? And then just go, Oh, because you did an anti-air. You're being like, do that. And you go, Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I see. Yeah. I should do that. And, like that's the quickest way to learn fighting games. It's not actually like being online and like, you can, you can do that. Like that works. You can do your own training, but like, having someone right next to you to be like, dude, stop pressing hard punch at that range. That's dumb to do that. And then you go, oh yeah, you are beating me really bad for pressing hard punch at that range. Like I get it now. Like there's, there's a certain like mental connection that makes like immediate sense whenever someone is right there being like, you're being dumb. And you go, yeah, you're right. Anyway, that's, that's kind of a, a very extended story of like how I got into fighting games, mostly through like our street fighter and pizza as mostly <laughs> pizza. That's hey pizza, pizza hut bringing people to fighting games since like the first grade. We support pizza huts all over. He's <laughs> <laughs> been meeting in pizza places for years. Why stop now? Yeah. So, so many questions to ask based off of that. And that's, that's kind of interesting because I'm wondering from, from my point of view, if, if reading all those books kind of helped your ability to really teach and also might have accidentally created this book as well. I, I think in a way, it. I mean, it, this was like, again, like eight-year-old me being like, ah, I should, like, A, I should learn how to read. But then like I had, it, it actually got to the point where I had like read all of the books that were like suggested so that I could get enough book it stickers to get the pizza to where like my teacher was like, okay, you need to read more advanced material um, because I don't have any more books for you. So I was like, okay, like fine. Like if, as long as that means more pizza and more Sam show too, like bring it, like, let's go. Uh, and I, and like, that was like, and of course like eight year old me, not, I'm not reading like the girly books. I'm not reading like um, uh, babysitter's club. Like that's not, that's not on my list. Bring me like the mystery novels. Bring me, bring me what you got. Bring me some goosebumps. I want, I want to be scared. Um, but I think that that at least it probably harbored like a, a passion for like certain literature. Like otherwise, like, I don't know. I probably wouldn't be as well-read or appreciate being as well-read as I might think that I am. But then again, if you probably would ask my old high school teachers now, like, well, how's like the grammar in this book? They'd be like, nah, son, I can get right out of town. You're the worst. Don't start, <laughs> sentences. Don't start sentences with and. That's dumb. Get out of here. To which I'm like, nah, but it's a style. And they go, nah, shut up. I think that the, the books themselves, like how they're, like how it's written is very, um, you can tell that a person wrote it instead of like it being an instruction manual, because like it could, it is in some ways very mechanical, like up top in the lessons part. But then on the bottom half, it goes like, well, listen here, kid, <laughs> like don't, don't be dumb. Yeah. So the arm around the shoulder kind of conversation sort of going on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is a, so this book is not structured like a normal book is. So when, when you hear the word book uh, for those who don't like to read one, 
read more, but two, it's very user-friendly. It's it's written in a way that makes it really simple. I, I like that. It's really... It's really, really interesting because it's, it doesn't feel like a book. It, it, I don't know how to compare it. It's almost like, you know, looking at like ancient scrolls of, of like <laughs> old style martial arts because you're going through these and like you have the inputs or the motions, but then you also have the philosophy behind it, the purpose. It's really refreshing because I mean, I, I tend to, to read a lot of personal development and I consider this to be part of that study. Like for me, fighting games is part of that personal development. Uh, fighting games are very close to me uh, for a couple of different reasons, but recently, uh, within the last five years, fighting games, like the philosophy of getting better at fighting games for me, I applied that to my weight and I used to be 300 pounds. And so uh, I was learning Marvel vs. Capcom 3 and the fight stick while also learning how to take care of my body. And I was transferring the philosophies back and forth between like the more I do something, the better I get at it because I was a very fixed mindset person for a long time and I didn't understand the concept of practice. And uh, that's why I, I strongly I discovered this on my own, but there's also tons of people who say this where, you you know, Da Vinci's another person where he, he applied his art to science. He was very much the Renaissance man where he he took his love for one thing and amplified the other thing and then took it back and amplified one other thing. And for me, like, that's why I love fighting games so much when I'm not playing fighting games or practicing or improving at it. It's almost like that's a part of my personal development that I'm not paying attention to, almost like a martial art or some other discipline. And I mean, so, most people aren't going to tie it that closely, but I mean, for those those who do, they, they have that that love and that passion and those stories that they can share with other people and really help motivate the ones who do have that passion but don't have the direction yet. No, and I think that um, I, I was joking with you earlier about this uh, before we had uh, started this conversation where I showed my mother-in-law this book and now she's she's never picked up a video game in her life. She's never, she doesn't understand video games. She hasn't touched them. She doesn't know anything about them. She struggles with like the internet as a concept and not even just like how to use it. (laughs) So like I showed this to her and she's like super proud of it. And it is like, it's the most heartening thing for me where like she's picked that up and goes, oh my gosh, like these things that are in this book, like this, this, and this that you say, like. I can take this about like my regular life. And I'm like, you're like a 50 year old mom. You shouldn't like, that's cool that you've like been able to pick these things up. But like, this is about street fighter. Like I get it. But like, that's to me, that's like mission accomplished at that point. Like that's, if I can reach that person. um, I think there was, there's also a time. um, I think it was kind of as I was writing a lot of the, the guides I wrote back in back when we were still like RSF4, uh, doing a lot of tutorials for. Um, actually, it wasn't really tutorials. It was like uh, we had character discussions, uh, and for every discussion, I would post like, "Here's this character, and here from like a basic concept, here's how you'd beat this character." So it would really like break down the language of like let's just think about it from like an overarching level of like, what does this person do? Like, how do they do it and how do you beat them? But then even before that thinking of like, well, how do you teach that to someone who doesn't really know about it? Or like, you know, it's, there's a whole number of steps you have to take. Yeah. That's that's something I hopefully we can talk about in the future because that is a good question. And I, I do have some suggestions because that's kind of what I've spent most of my last six years really learning is how to help empower other people. But I want to know more about like what you have in the future. Like what's, what's next for you, your big goals. Oh man. Um, I mean, personally, I, I believe in 
setting goals, uh, not necessarily with the, it doesn't necessarily matter if you meet those goals so much as you take the steps to meet that goal. For example, uh, just to be like completely candid and it's a silly thing. And I know it's a silly thing because I wrote it down as in my phone as like under silly goals. It's one of my silly goals, uh, but it's, it still like is, is real and it affects how I carry myself in day to day. But I wrote down in my phone, become the John Madden of fighting games, which is, it's a silly thing, right? What does that even mean? Really? It doesn't really mean anything, but it then makes me think like, well, like how did John Madden become John Madden? He didn't just like show up at a Raiders game and say, you got to get to the end zone to score a touchdown. Like that didn't even start there, right? There's a whole like number of steps he took to get to that position. So like, let's, let's back it up and let's think about like, what can I do today that has that goal in mind to at least get me somewhere? Like, like I, I actually, I didn't, I'd said this before. I didn't intend to write a book. Like, I didn't intend for this to happen. It was just, there was a need for it. And I thought, well, if I wanted to be someone who was in like the position of John Madden, who is a broadcaster who explains football to people at a very basic level, like I would just explain Street Fighter at a basic level. That makes sense. And then it became like the needs of the people where it was like, well, some people were asking me like, well, I, I don't like going to Reddit all, like all the time or having like this tab open. Like, is there any thing you can do for that? And I'm like, well, I guess I could figure out how to publish an ebook like that. Sure. Why not? Let's, let's do it. And then like figuring all, out all the steps for that to happen. And then on addition to that, there were people who were like, well, I don't have a Kindle. Like, can we have like a hard copy of this? I want to share this with people easily. And then I was like, well, okay, let's figure out the steps that it would take for me to get to that point to actually publish a book. And like all of this, like with like the mindset of like, well, I should be sharing information with people. Like I should be teaching people how to play. Like that's, that's kind of what you would want to do if you were had that goal in mind of becoming the John Madden of fighting games. I think the book, The Purpose Driven Life is actually a really good book that puts in the perspective of having a super objective to your actions. A lot of it is based on like Christianity and like things that one would do if they were a Christian and having that super objective. But if you aren't though, I think it's still, the, the concept still applies to what would I do if this was my goal? Like I, I have to have it like written down. I have to have it as a part of who I am. Like I have to make life decisions based on this. If this is going to be a part of my life. I think what small part of that, we kind of touched on this earlier of like how to explain fighting games to people who might not know. My wife, for example, like she doesn't, she didn't know anything about fighting games when we first met or even when we first started dating or even when we got married, like that wasn't part of it like at all. And then a year after we got married, I was like, Hey, like, let's, let's go to Evo. You me, let's go. She's like, well, A, what's an Evo? Where is it? <laughs> I'm like, well, we're going to go to Las Vegas. But then like getting her there and being like, oh no, like this is fighting games. Like this is, we're in like an arena. It's really loud. That's really fun. People are yelling at that man for, I don't know why, but like, that's cool. Like that explains the feeling of fighting games in a way that you couldn't get otherwise. I was going to say, one, that's a good story, but two, 
I, I one, I don't believe in silly goals. If a goal is a goal, I, I think it's a goal worth having. But two, on that note, I mean, it, it makes sense based off of your background, your passion for fighting games and your, your passion for teaching and educating and sharing knowledge openly. I mean, I, that doesn't that, that makes sense. I mean, you already have like a whole foundation that really that does that. I mean, maybe you're not like John, you know, Joe, Joe Madden, John Madden, John Madden, and, John. Uh, Joe Madden, Joe Montaigne. Montaigne. <laughs> but but no, I mean, you obviously are clearly doing that. I mean, one, thank you for putting an ebook because I'm one of those guys that I just I don't know why I don't like the format of Reddit. It's it's something that. Um, I think has hindered my ability to really learn because there's a lot of information on Reddit and I've really scoured it and looked at it, but just the whole communication system just doesn't make sense to me. I like, I'm spoiled and I like instant feedback and stuff. So it's, it's hard for me. But when I saw that there was an ebook that you posted, I don't remember where I found it. I was like, Insta buy. Like I saw that. I was like, yes, <laughs> give me right now. <laughs> I will take it. So yes, that's great. And, and I'll say this to you and to anyone watching. If you have a goal, don't bother calling it silly. If you something that you love and it gives you energy when you think about it, something that you really want to do, own that. Be proud of that. I'm, I'm the same way where I I'm weird, but I like being weird. I like being silly. Um, if it's something that you like, then that's fine. But, you know, I want to be the, the Tony Robbins of video games. And I know a lot of people probably who don't, don't even know who that is. But I want gamers to really be proud of who they are. I want gamers to be able to have a career inside of gaming if they want that. Or to be able to have a game life balance is, is something I call it. It's like you can play games, but you can also work on yourself at the same time. It's completely possible. Or if you want to have a career in gaming, you can make that happen. Don't let other people around you say that that's a silly goal. It's something that I'm super passionate about. I love people who have big goals i love talking to them and helping them out because life's too short to really do something you don't like doing if it's something that you want then then go for it full force that's that's what i think at least yeah no uh and i think this is something that uh, i really picked up from my dad he made he actually made me do this he was like it was one christmas five years ago he did this where he was like i don't want anything don't buy me anything all i want you to do for christmas is write down uh, in a list of your personal goals and make it, I don't care what's on it. You don't have to share it with me. It would just, I'd, I'd be happy to know that it exists, but write it down because that's how you would really keep yourself earnest and honest about those goals. I feel like it. And after that moment, I was like, well, like I'll do it. Cause like my dad asked me, but like thinking about the reasons why he asked me, it was like, well, now I have these things written down. And if, I'm not being honest with what I've written down, then why did I write it down? There's a certain accountability that I have now because I have like that silly goal written down. Like it's there. I look at it and I think about it. I know that it's written down. So like I think about it daily and like my actions on the daily are affected by me knowing that I wrote it down. I haven't changed it. Like that goal is still written down. I call it silly, but it's still there. I'm still, it's still in sight, you know, and my actions are still dictated by at least that was part of one of the things I wrote down, but like, that's, I feel like it's important, especially in keeping yourself accountable to have something written down. There's a lot of facts that back up what you're saying, writing down a goal. Um, I, I want to say you're 30% more likely to actually achieve that goal when you write it down because you're, you're making it real, you're manifesting it, whatever terms you want to use. There's facts that back up that there's, there's facts about actively thinking about your goal every day versus people who, who don't think about it every day. When it's, when it's front and center of your mind, it drives 
you know, your day, you're not going to let a lot of crap get you. Your mind's going to be focused on your goal. But if you let all these distractions and all these stresses get in your way, that really uh, steers you off course. Where your mind goes, the body follows. You know, what you're thinking about really dictates what you're going to lean towards. If you're thinking about that dude that cut you off in traffic all day, you're going to be pissed and you're going to get mad. You're going to see reasons to get mad. And the same thing with, you know, fighting games. If you're a person who thinks that other people play cheap, quote unquote, you're going to find people who play cheap. They're going to exploit every weakness that you have and you're never going to improve. You know, it video games or real life it's the same thing again i wish i had more time to to talk i i I really enjoyed this conversation hopefully we can talk again in the future but i I do want to at least let the people know where they can find you uh you can find me of course on our street fighter ping me anytime i'm one of the mods there it's you joe monday or on twitter at super joe monday uh, I think that's all one word. No underscores there. Yeah, and that's where people can find me. Or like on the Reddit Discord, really anywhere. I'll respond to any kind of DM or message like that. I'll, because again, that's one of those things of learning. Like if you have a basic question, just or like drop a note in any of, well, some of them are archived, but drop a note in any of the posts that I've made asking like, well, how do I do this? And I will respond immediately, if not the next day. All right. And also, I can't stress this enough. Um, if you are wanting to get into Street Fighter, you have like a passion for it, you want to go to tournaments or you just, you know, you're really curious, check out, check out the book, either get the, the Kindle version or get the hard copy because I, I've enjoyed it. I'm still going through it. I do the exercises simple and more advanced and it, it gives you some direction. So I can't really stress it enough. Go check it out. Thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem at all. It's a pleasure.